Good morning, church. It's good to see you. Uh, let's pray, and we'll jump in. Uh, Father God, we give you thanks and praise for, for who you are. Thank you uh, for your power and for your wisdom, your justice, and your righteousness. Thank you that you are a loving and you are a good God who is incredibly patient with your kids. God, as we open up your word today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be a teacher and guide to us. I pray that you would help us to receive from you what you have for us. Uh, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. I want to welcome those who are watching at home. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. For those who are able to be here this morning, it's good uh, to see your faces. A couple of weeks ago, the elders shared with uh, Christ Point four main objectives for 2021. Our purpose at Christ Point is to point people to Jesus. Uh, along those lines, we said there are four particular areas that we want to uh, move into this next year. One of them uh, was land. We are praying that God gives us a, a permanent place for this year. Continue to be praying about that. We really believe that God even now is working toward that end. Uh, we talked about how we want to empower leaders and volunteers we believe that God has equipped um, all of the church uh, for the work of ministry, and so we want to find our, our place on the wall, kind of our X, our place to serve or uh, to stand. We want to continue to move toward authentic community. We believe that God has uh, created us to do life together. There are no lone rangers in the Christian life. Uh, he has called us to walk together as the people of God. And then last but certainly not least, we want to grow in our dependence upon prayer. Along those lines, we kicked off a series last week on prayer uh, by sharing how not to pray. Uh, we, we talked about last week how we should not pray uh, to be seen. We don't want to pray for performance sake. And uh, prayer, we said also, is not pontificating profusely, which is not easy to say. But what we mean by that is that uh, we don't have to come before the Lord and share excessive words in order for God to hear us. And so if that is not how we should pray, I want us to start to think together today about how we should pray. Thankfully, uh, Jesus uh, teaches us, his followers, on, on how prayer should look or operate uh, as we uh, come before the Lord. And he does this in Matthew chapter 6. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. I want to begin reading in verse 9. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. I don't know if you noticed during that prayer, but there really are two sections to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the first is these three petitions uh, that oftentimes are referred to as divine petitions. They are uh, things that we're praying or that we're asking uh, God to do or ways that we're asking God to move or act. Uh, and, and then that second half of the prayer is the human petitions. Uh, that is us asking God 
to practically move in our hearts and in our lives in significant ways. We're going to talk about those in just a couple of weeks. But today I want us to look at that first divine petition and begin with Jesus' instruction to pray then like this. Pray then like this. I love that Jesus says that because I don't know about you, but sometimes I think to myself, well, how how does this thing work? Uh, I'm going before the God of the universe and offering my prayers. He already knows what's on my heart. Uh, He's well aware of what's going on in the world. And sometimes I struggle, I wrestle with uh, what to say or how this is supposed uh, to look. And so I love the fact that Jesus says to his followers, hey, uh, pray like this. And when Jesus says, pray like this, I think he actually means that you and I can pray like this. I'm a simpleton sometimes, and I like when things are clear, uh, and this seems to be pretty clear to me. Pray like this. Jesus is teaching his followers how uh, to pray. Now, if you were to read the Bible, if you were to study Scripture, uh, you would come across uh, hundreds of various prayers in the Bible. There are prayers that are offered up in unique ways and in specific situations. Uh, There are uh, prayers that are given uh, standing up with hands held out, raised to the heavens. There are prayers uh, given uh, sitting down. There are prayers offered with a head up to the heavens, and there are prayers given uh, with your head bowed. There are, uh, in my opinion, not one-size-fits-all prayers, uh, but with that being said, uh, this seems to be a model uh, that you and I can follow in uh, many circumstances and situations in life. So Jesus says to his followers, pray like this. And then uh, Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want us to think together just about that phrase this morning and kind of unpack it. Uh, Jesus begins by uh, saying, Our Father. Uh, He uses this seemingly insignificant little pronoun, uh, our, in a powerful way. Uh, Because listen, church, when you pray, uh, you are praying to our Father. Um, For for those who have trusted in Christ, Jesus' followers, uh, we pray uh, to our Father in heaven. When we enter into a relationship with God, we enter into a relationship with His people. Uh, When we are saved by Christ, we are saved into His body, the church. And so notice when you read this prayer, how many times you read things like us or are, and how little you read my or me. We, we, as a church, pray to our Father. Now, uh, we each are individuals. And we have our own personal prayer life. Uh, It has been said that you and I have a personal relationship with Christ, but we don't have a private one. In other words, uh, we are saved into the body of Christ, and as the children of God, we pray to our uh, Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. We pray to the Father. This is actually the uh, way that more often than not we read in Scripture a God being addressed in prayer. We pray to a triune God, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, uh, three persons in one. Uh, Each have a unique role and purpose. 
We see the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, appointing people to Jesus. Like the Spirit uh, goes out of the Spirit's way uh, to point us to Christ. Uh, And Christ, if you study His earthly ministry, is there to point us to the Father, to bring us to the Father. So each person of the Trinity uh, has a particular role uh, in and uh, in purpose in being. Uh, and so we see in prayer, there are times in the Bible where people pray to Jesus, uh, where they cry out and say, come quickly, uh, Lord Jesus. Uh, I think of the story of Stephen when he was being stoned in uh, Acts chapter 7 when he looks up uh, to heaven and he prays out uh, to the Lord. He says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Uh, and so there are times in Scripture where we see people praying to Jesus. Uh, There are times when I think it's wholly appropriate uh, for us to to pray to the Spirit, or as Scripture says, in uh, the Spirit. Romans 8.26 says the Spirit helps us in our prayers. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So there are times in the Bible when People pray to Jesus. We can see um, the role of the Spirit in empowering our prayers or praying on our behalf to the Father. And yet, um, the, the vast majority of times in Scripture, the, the pattern of prayer is God's people uh, praying to the Father. Have you ever thought about that before? Have you ever thought about how many times in Scripture God's people address uh, the, the Father? Now, who addresses God as Father? Uh, well, his children do. Right? Kids address uh, their dad as dad, as uh, their father. We, as the people of God, uh, refer to God as our father because by faith uh, we are his children. Uh, when Melissa and I first started dating, I did not know uh, what to call her father. Uh, his name is John. Uh, not with an H, just J-O-N. He spells it a little differently. Uh, his friends call him J-P. John Pello, those are his abbreviations, but I was kind of a little old school, and so I thought, I am going to go uh, with Mr. Pello. I'm going to play it safe, and whenever I see him or speak with him, I'm going to refer to him as Mr. Pello. And so that's what I did uh, for the longest time. I just would call him Mr. Pello until one day we were driving in the car as a family. I was uh, sitting in the back seat. Melissa and I were still not married. And I uh, asked Mr. Pello a question. And apparently, uh, Mr. Pello had enough of me calling him Mr. Pello. And he said, how about you uh, don't ever call me that again? And I was like, okay, uh, what should I call you? And he said, well, you can call me John or you can call me JP. And I said, duly noted, Mr. Pello. I will, <laughs> I will make sure uh, that I start calling you John. And then uh, when Melissa and I got married... I uh, threw out my arms and looked at him and said, Dad. Um, he's still warming up to me uh, 19 years into marriage. Uh, but, but I will call him that. He's my, he's my father-in-law. Uh, but, but I married into the family. I didn't start there. Uh, it, it took a little work to get there. Something changed in Melissa and I's relationship uh, for me to be able to call John or JP or Mr. Pello uh, Dad. Uh, namely, I, I kind of graduated into the family. Uh, well, who calls God Father? His kids do. Uh, his sons do. And his daughters do. 
God the Father relates to His kids in a unique way. Right? We can have a relationship with the God who made us by faith in Jesus. We place our faith and our trust in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And then God sees us as His kids, as His sons and as His daughters. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 read, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4, reads, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And so we, by faith, are children of God. We are His sons and His daughters. And as God's children, we can refer to Him as Father. Now, my question is, what kind of father is God? What kind of father is God? Because all of us here um, have a father. We've had a dad. Um, All of us here, I would venture to say, probably have a different picture or image in our minds of our heavenly father in some ways based on our relationship to our earthly father. Or if you had a good relationship with uh, your earthly father, maybe when you think of God the Father, you think of strength and you think of courage and you think of tenderness and you think of wisdom. You have all these wonderful and beautiful and strong attributes of God the Father. Uh, But if you grew up in a home where uh, you had a difficult relationship with your father, Maybe your, maybe your dad was absent, or maybe he was apathetic, or maybe he was uh, passive, maybe he was out of the picture, maybe he was harsh, or maybe he was angry. I would venture to say that your picture of God the Father is vastly different. And so when we read in the Bible of people referring to God as Father, I ask what kind of Father is God And a few things came uh, to my mind as I thought about God the Father. The first is that uh, God the Father is a powerful creator. God the Father is a powerful creator. Jeremiah chapter 27 verse 5 says, It is I who by my great power and outstretched arm have made the earth with the men and animals that are on the earth, and I give it to whomever it seems right to me. It is I, by my great power and my outstretched arm, have made the earth. Think about the power of God in creation. I think of Job chapter 12, verses 7 through 9 that say, But ask the beast, and they will teach you. The birds of the heavens, and they will tell you. Or the bushes of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea, and they will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this. In other words, all of creation knows that there is a Creator. And our Creator is a powerful Creator. He is a powerful God. I read this paragraph uh, the other week from a book on prayer that talked about the power of God in creation and uh, the vastness of the world 
that he was that that he created and i was simply blown away i want to read this to you and think about the world that god created the author says god gave us the sun this ought to answer any doubts about his power and goodness all life on this planet derives its life from the sun that celestial nuclear device with a surface temperature of 5,500 degrees Celsius. Our mothers told us never to look directly at it, but when you sneak a peek, it appears the diameter of a pencil eraser. Yet, more than, listen to this, more than a million earths, more than a million earths could fit inside the sun. What? A million earths could fit inside the sun. Unconceivable amounts of energy are generated at its core as hydrogen converts to helium by nuclear fusion. One solar flare releases more energy than 10 million volcanoes. (laughs) This is helping me realize God is powerful enough for whatever need I am praying over. Now get this, there are roughly 100 billion stars of all sizes in a galaxy and 100 billion galaxies in the universe, which means there are approximately 400 billion billion suns like ours that God has made. If you begin counting to that number, and I would not recommend this is how you spend your days, but if you did, you could not finish that task in your lifetime. Wow. Like I read that and I am blown away by the world that God created. When is the last time that you stopped and looked at the world that God spoke you into existence into and were blown away by what God has done? When's the last time you drove up to the mountains and stopped, pulled the car off the side of the road and just looked out? When's the last time you went to the ocean and took off your shoes or your sandals and dipped your toes in the water and looked out at the ocean waves and were blown away by the vastness of that body of water? When's the last time that late at night you drove out into uh, the country and pulled your vehicle off to the side of the road and got out and looked at all the stars in the sky and thought to yourself, holy smokes, <laughs> like look at what God has done. When you pray to God the Father, you are praying to a powerful Creator. You are praying to the God who is all-wise. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches in wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and inscrutable His ways. You ever reach a point in life where you've realized that you need wisdom that you do not have? You ever look out in the world and thought to yourself, man, I'm facing problems or issues or circumstances that I do not have the answer to. Do you ever look at the dynamics of the world that we live in and think to yourself, I wish things were clean and simple and easy and they're not. And you think to yourself, God, 
Give me wisdom. Do you know that you can go to God and seek wisdom and He'll give it to you because He is an all-wise God. There's nothing that you bring before the Lord where God shrugs His shoulders and says to Himself, I've never thought of that before. Just give me a minute. Right? He doesn't do that. He is all-wise. I can't tell you how many times I've had people in my life who have lost fathers say to me this, James, I wish I could just call uh, my dad and ask him a question because he was such a wise man. Do you know that you serve a wise father? When you, when you pray to the Father, you pray to the all-powerful and all-wise Creator. You pray to God the Father who is just and righteous. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is He. Righteousness and justice, the psalmist writes, are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. God is just. It's just who He is. Which means God is always just and God always acts justly. In a world that longs for justice, the Bible paints us a picture of true biblical justice that's found in the character and the person of God. God rules and reigns in such a way that He acts rightly and justly according to His own standards of righteousness. Not ours. Not our definition of justice. His definition of justice, which is holy and righteous and good. When we pray To the Father, we pray to an all-powerful Creator. We pray to a God who is all-wise. We pray to a God who is all-just and all-righteous. We pray to a God who is all-loving. All-loving is God. Psalm 36, verses 5 and 7. Read, Your unfailing love, God, uh, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like mighty mountains, your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Um, God the Father loves His kids. He loves His kids. If you are a child of God, God knows everything about you. And I mean He knows everything about you. He knows everything that you've said and everything that you've done and everything that you've thought. That may be frightening uh, to you, but the good news is is that God knows all of those things about you uh, and He still loves you. God's crazy about His kids. Like he, he loves you with a steadfast and faithful love. The Old Testament term is hesed. It's God's faithful love. God the Father loves his kids. And so just remember when you when you pray to the Father in heaven, you are praying to a God who is the powerful creator. He's all wise, he is all just and righteous. He is all loving and he is good. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, "For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations." God is good. And he is a good dad uh, to his kids. When I, when I pray uh, to God more and more, I try to think to myself, I try to remember who it is that I'm praying to. 
it's almost like I want to I want to pause for just a second when I when I bow my head and I want to remember that I'm going uh, before a God who is powerful and just and righteous and good. He's uh, he's loving. He's kind. He's uh, patient. I want this picture in my mind of who it actually is I am going before. Because when you pray to uh, your Father in heaven, this is the God uh, whom you are praying uh, to. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven. In heaven alludes to the transcendence of God. Right? God is transcendent. He is, uh, he is holy. Other. He is present with us. Right? He is here. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. We experience the presence of God by His Spirit. He's not an absent dad. He's not a distant dad. Right? He's present in our hearts and lives. But, but God is also transcendent. Right? God is a big God. Right? He rules and reigns in the heavens. And I think when we remember that, we, we come before Him and we bow down. God, God, is, God is not simple. We, we don't come to Him in, in a way that is, is trite. We, we want to feel the, the weight and the heaviness of the God who rules and reigns in the heavens. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Hallowed be Your name. Hallowed is, a, is an archaic word. Um, <laughs> meaning we like... We typically don't use it in conversation. When you start thinking about the last conversation you had with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband, your wife, your son or your daughter or a friend at work, uh, I'm not necessarily a betting man, but I would put a nickel on it that said you didn't use that word. We don't talk about it a lot. We talk about Halloween, uh, but we don't talk or think about God's name uh, being hallowed. What does hallowed mean? Well, it's a term that means to make holy or to consider holy. When Jesus petitions God to hollow his name, he is asking that God act in such a way that he visibly demonstrates his holiness and his glory. When Jesus says, hallowed be your name, he's asking God himself to be seen in glory and in holiness. There's, there's something uh, beautiful about the name of God. And oftentimes when scripture talks about the name of God, it's referring to God himself. Not just His name, but when we talk about hallowed be Your name, we're talking about God like You you be praised. Uh, you be seen as glorious and good. Uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22 says, Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is uh, not for Your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of My holy name, God says. The psalmist it says in Psalm 25, verse 11, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Uh, forgive me, God, so that you would be seen as great. And so when Jesus is praying uh, to God the Father for his name to be hallowed, it is a petition to God. It, it's not only us going before God and saying, God, you are great and you are glorious. It is a prayer to God that the world that our church or that our community or that the world would see uh, the glory of God. 
we are praying and asking God, may Your name be revered in creation. God, we want Your glory to go public. We want Your glory to be amplified or to be made visible or manifest in creation. Isn't it interesting that in this prayer, the the very first thing that Jesus is doing is going uh, to God and essentially saying, God, we want Your glory to be seen around the world. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, when I pray, I pray uh, when I am reminded of my need. And so it's easy for me to go to God and pray about the thing that I need. God, I need some stuff. I, I need some favors. Like, I need you to move and act. There's something that I want you to do for me. And we're going to get to that, but that's not how the prayer starts. Right? The, the prayer starts with God's people going before the Lord and saying, God, You are glorious. And God, I want the world uh, to see You for who You are. I want Your glory to be on display. I want You to open the eyes of your people and open the eyes of humanity so that they would see and savor uh, your beauty and your goodness and your holiness. So the Lord's Prayer uh, begins with a cry uh, for God to be seen as glorious. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now listen, uh, one of the temptations that I think we can have in Scripture, one of the temptations I have is uh, to study the Word and to learn from the Word, but not always apply the Word. Right? So I, I, I study this passage and I go, oh, looky there. You know, he, he uses um, R. I'm going to study the pronoun R. And I'm going to look at it and hold it up and think about what it means and how it applies. And I'm going to think about God as Father and His characteristics and attributes of uh, being Father. And, and I'm hallowed. What does hallowed mean? I'm going to study what hallowed means. Uh, I can do that. Um, and I think we can do that. We're a smart group. We're a smart bunch. But um, one of the beauties about this prayer is that, that we can actually pray it. Like one of the beauties of prayer in Scripture is that it calls us as the people of God uh, to, to actually pray. Right? And, and, and I said earlier, one of our hopes this year is that we would become more of a dependent people on prayer. And so I want to give you and I want to give us space to pray. And so uh, Matt is going to play a song Uh, that probably is familiar to many of us, Good, Good Father. And it reminds us of the Father that we pray to. But as you're listening to the song for the next four or five minutes, I I just want you to pray uh, to the Father and give God honor and praise and glory uh, for who He is and pray that His name uh, would be seen and experienced uh, around the world.